Welcome to the show, Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. I am super excited to have Samana Duran on the show, who is amazing entrepreneur and recognised as Forbes 30 Under 30 honorary. Welcome to the show, Samana. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Ruth. Um, it's an honour to be invited on and I'm really looking forward to discussing um, optimal brain health and, and what we can do to, to make sure that we're, I guess, fueling our brain right and make sure we're capitalising yeah, yeah. on yeah. yeah, me too. And and I'm really excited to explore your journey because you've been on an amazing journey about um, your brain health. But before we start with any questions, could you just introduce yourself uh, and let the uh, listeners know who you are, what you do and who you serve? Yeah, totally. Um, so my name is Samana Duran. I'm the founder of Be Your Own, which is a an advertising and media company, which ultimately just really helps female entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. Um, and we provide, provide lots of tools and resources for, for women who are already out there, um, whether it's via podcast or webinars or written content that we've partnered up with agencies for. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm personally about championing women, so I'm very much behind the brand and I'm very much about the personal, the personal touch and driving women and championing women as much as possible. So amazing, amazing. And, it, and I think it's so <laughs> and I think it's so important uh, in today's world to give people the support that they need to get to that next level. So for 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 you, um, given this show is all about brain health, what does optimal brain health mean for you? Oh, I love this because I've never been asked <laughs> this before. I had to do a little research, but like for me, <laughs> um, optimal brain health is is probably what equates to success and what equates to happiness and like understanding the mechanics behind the brain and like understanding how you can fuel the brain right, um, just to just to I guess get your everyday functionality of the brain as it is mm -hmm. um I, you know I, i've sat there and googled it but i thought <laughs> there's no right or wrong answer it's not a test <laughs> yeah like I, that is ultimately what it means for me is just understanding how you can get the best out of your brain really and brilliant brilliant and do you think you know i'd love to explore your journey that to, that got you to where you are today in the context of brain health if if we can so could you just take us on the your story that got you to be that uh achieve that amazing accomplishment of being forbes 30 under 30 um mm -hmm. uh, you know right from your childhood I'd, I'd love to you know what inspired you initially that lit that fire inside of you to to want to be the entrepreneur that you are today uh, I think like that that whole word again, like entrepreneur is like so loosely thrown around, especially these days when a lot of these entrepreneurs that you do see have no idea what it entails to be an entrepreneur. Um, they don't understand like what it means to sacrifice, like the sleepless nights that you get, like the the energy and the blood, sweat and tears that go into actually building a business and putting yourself at the forefront, putting yourself on the front line. Um, I think that's something that's always been built in me as a person um and I always say like the three key components to make up an entrepreneur if you will or this business person is you know resilience tenacity and perseverance and I think that I've had that from very young I don't like the the, the answer no um and I do <laughs> like challenge so um when I was young 
I started off selling um, like little bits and bobs on car boot sales, doing like part-time jobs as the waitress. Um, and then I moved away. So my dad worked up and down the country. Um, so I was always in different schools and finding new uh-huh. friends. It was a bit tiresome and a bit lonely, um, finding ways to fit in. Um, but I actually set up a, a car cleaning business around the back of my dad's pub in Kent. And so uh-huh. while I was in there, having their, their, you know, Sunday pint or playing darts on on a Saturday I was more interested in making money so I'd be charging them like nine pounds they'd give me ten pounds and before I knew it I had like 12 15 cars over the weekend so for a 15 year old that was pretty good um and then that entrepreneurial spirit really was in me already and was super encouraged by my dad super encouraged by my grandma and granddad so I'd gone and done like one job in McDonald's for one summer Mm-hmm. I've done various other bits and bobs, bits of modeling, bits of TV presenting. But actually, I, I always knew that it wasn't really where I wanted to be. I wanted to build things. I wanted to see things come to life and stand very much mm-hmm. behind the scenes, directing and pulling the strings. Yeah. Um, I'd gone abroad. I'd, I'd done a gig over in, in the West Coast of America, and I was presenting over there. And um, I was like, okay, but what, what do I want from life? What, what like... Where can I see myself? And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, don't, I like the idea of like building a retail brand. So I came back, I got some inspiration and um, I got these t-shirts printed up and I started like flogging them. And I built this really like crappy, crummy website for what was probably then like a site five or Wix or something. Well, Wix wasn't even around. Um, and this was <laughs> like, this was like, pre-Instagram days and pre-like Twitter had only just come around with 140 characters that you've got to use to express yourself. Um, And I was just making most of like all the free marketing tools like Google, I think it was Google Plus or something like that that was about back in that day and then you got Facebook and stuff. Um, And and I started selling these bits and bobs and they started doing really well and um, I ended up getting... What did you start selling at the time? What was your sort of starter... Well, I I built this really crummy website. Um, it looks probably looks very retro now, and it'd be the in thing um, that, that people <laughs> used to like a mood board on like a fashion shoot or something. But it was it was dreadful. It was awful. Um, but I met <laughs> a few friends who used to work at like Zara and Mango, and um, they like been signed to like agencies in London coming over from Barcelona and I got them kind of I say free but I was paying them in hamburgers and, and drinks and I ended up doing this this shoot in Camden um and, and I mean it, to be honest it, it worked it worked for the brand the brand was like streetwear um and we, we ended up getting yeah. some really cool people on board um and I'd gone back on to do this presenting gig again but um over in Europe and I got really friendly and chatting with this guy who had all these ideas about marketing. And I was just like, I just need this like small little investment because I really want to open a boutique shop. I don't really know where I want to go with it. And he was talking about like IPOs and like stocks and shares and getting like set like companies listed and merging and acquisitions. And I had no idea. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like so by the end of the 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 gig that I'd done presenting I remember him saving his number in my phone as like critics clothing investor and I was like oh my goodness is this even real like (laughs) like, 
I'd not pitched for it at all, but obviously he saw potential. He saw how passionate I was about creating a lifestyle, a community where people feel they can be themselves and attach themselves and resonate with a brand that stands all for, I guess, what would be like, be your own now. Um, Championing that individuality and and being yourself and being true to who you are. And Mm. he jumped on board, he invested, we got great PR on board, um, and then I kind of used the database that I already had um, on TV and modeling various other little bits. And I started like pulling in favors because obviously PR is really super expensive. And um, I, I did like this, I say catch 22, but it really was. I was pulling in people from Made in Chelsea, um, these up and coming grime artists, um, poets, artists. Um, people in creative industries through your networks or your connections yeah. just keep reaching out and reaching out and reaching out it's like a seed isn't it, it kind of keeps growing yeah so I remember getting like Stephen Webster the jewelry designer on board and David Airwood wow. and like people who are now actually in um what's the tv show game of thrones and like so i was just like you know please can you wear this if you wear this we'll get this in the press so i ended up selling the pictures to the press and then at the same time they was wearing the brand to be interviewed and to be put on the blog so it's all about creating the content creating things that people want to read and also that extra brand visibility for free um which is now which is is known as is what is it influencer marketing or something or brand mm-hmm. ambassadors but i was just getting these people in for favors um and then i actually got really friendly with a guy who had another clothing brand at the time um and he was doing like a, a launch party with um cara delavine rita aura and i think asap rocky back then and wow. i think the weekend had come over and uh, I just, I said, oh, is there any chance, you know, I could get this on, on retail? <laughs> I kind of ended up gate crashing this party in Bond Street. And uh, luckily, one of my really close friends, um, she's Albanian, a Kosovan, and they speak the same language. So we managed to, like, get it on retail while she's in the middle of promoting another clothing <laughs> brand. She walked <laughs> The paparazzi had managed to snap her, and it was in Look magazine, it was in Closer magazine, and then it just kind of all really took off, like really wow. super. And um, that was just the hustle, the hustle culture back then. I was very much a go getter, still am a go getter. Mm-hmm. And so, if we fast track and move forward, um, still don't. I, I mean, I do have critics clothing, but my focus has kind of shifted onto what is now Be Your Own, the platform mm-hmm. that was off the back uh, which started out as a community Mm -hmm. uh, supporting women supporting people doing different things people having somewhere to go a safe space for women to talk about who they are and what they do and be proud of what they do um and um, it got really popular so i sat down with the business development team from critics clothing said how do we scale Mm -hmm. how do we make money like is this something that can be profitable and I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn saying, you know, do you want to buy a media package? And in the beginning, people were, oh, why am I going to pay for this? But yeah, you need media. It doesn't matter how brilliant your service or your product is. If you don't have marketing, you don't have any coverage on any yeah. media, whether it's podcasts, webinars, YouTube, whatever it is now, Instagram. Like, how are people going to even know that you exist? Mm. Profiling these women and getting them out on social media and putting them in the newsletter. And we had, like, 22,000 subscribers. Like, it just kind of just 
and we'd gone from doing one interview every Monday, every every month or something, to then one interview every Monday, every week. And then we was then just doing content and interviews every single day. And now we've partnered with lots of different PR agencies. I think we partnered with just over like 300 um, during the pandemic alone to work off the back of their female entrepreneur clients because that's, you know, our primary focus really is mm-hmm. female organisations and female-backed companies, just really giving the women all the tools, all the resources, the platform to shine and um, talk about who they are and what they do. Um, I mean, so- was, what, I just really want to interject there. What was the massive driver behind the name Be Your Own and also Critics Clothing? Because I feel there's some deep uh, connection there for yourself that was really important for you to for people to shine what what do you think drove you to that space that people to show up authentically as your as themselves I think I've always stood by that though like I I'm a person that like I'm very proud of who I am I'm very proud mm-hmm. of things I've done I'm very proud of the mistakes you know, it doesn't matter how foolish they are like that that's is ultimately what's made me me and I think that's what you need to do is own your own everything about yourself and don't be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Don't be categorized or put in a in a box and be pigeonholed to what society expects of you or what they think that you should conform to. Um, so, again, like if you look at critics clothing, it was who is the critic? Who is the critic of your life? Uh, and then your own was I think I did like a play on words and I sat down with someone it's like be your own like be your own boss be your own this be your own that and I was like oh my goodness this would be and now I'm seeing it everywhere and I'm like yes that's my you know it's that's my trademark that's my name Uh, enjoy (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's really important Sorry. Go on, say, I missed what you said. No, no, I was just going to say, like, you have to be your own champion. You have to be your own person, be your own boss, be your own guru, whatever it is. You have to be your own, everything. Because mm. no one else is going to do it for you. No one else no, is going to write right. better than you already <clears throat> did. So whoever you are, just, just stay true to it. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think it's so easy for society, especially from a – uh, when we think about the context of brain health, is people can easily get labelled as they're they're either on uh, feeling well or they're not feeling well, and they label themselves: Do I have a mental health struggle, or am I am I okay? But it's mm. accepting who you are in the context of your brain health, accepting everything about you, and celebrating your difference yeah. because everybody has a unique brain. Uh, no one is the same. We can't possibly have the same brain. It's 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 it is impossible. And so I think it's important that from a sort of brain health perspective that we leverage our uniqueness and, like you say, be your own boss, be your own person, be your own authentic self, and know that it's you that you are the master of your own destiny. Destiny. You're the one that can change the state in your mind and change the state in your life. Um, no one else can do that for you. You have to take ownership of it. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the problem is that I see today is people don't like to accept the responsibility, especially if something goes wrong. Um, mm. 
People love to blame other people for their pitfalls or whatever it is that's not gone right, but they're happy enough to take um, the you know the pat on the back when things go the credit. You know, <laughs> exactly and I think that like like I said like we've all made mistakes we've all done things um that haven't been great but just own it um and just accept that that's the person that you are and and be proud of the person that you are and, and mm. take responsibility because everybody's given choices in life you know and it's up to you of course like there's things that are gonna be underlying factors of course um upbringing or society or whatever it is but Everybody has choices in life. Mm. You know? So it depends how you want to move forward. I really want to explore some of your story and I'd like to go back to your uh, your amazing achievements, you know, starting off with your car wash uh, yeah. behind, behind your dad's pub. It, what was the big driver for you to, to start that journey? Was it the desire to make money? What was the, what was the big... Thing that kind of got you wanting to use your time, see what you could accomplish. Well, I mean, I was I was quite fortunate as well because I had like great pocket money allowance. Okay, but mm -hmm. I had to work for that. Okay, I did chores. Yeah. This meant cleaning as well and doing all the other things that I didn't enjoy doing. But like my brain was already like, okay, well, if I save like seventy percent for this, like I know that I can get this later, or and then put thirty percent towards getting like Green Day CDs or Busted and McFly. Yeah. Then, um, and then I had an obsession with like um, stationery, so I'd be buying gel pens and stuff. Like that was exactly you know that's yeah. where, my, where my money went. Um, but I, I never really saw the point in just throwing money away because even when I had like a pot washing job. I think I got paid something like 27 pound, like on a weekend. This is like two pounds 75 an hour or something, three pound mm. an hour. It's like, I really like started to value the, the concept of money and what it meant to have my own money. So when I went down to my dad's and I was bored and couldn't really, it's not like I couldn't fit in. I just had no time to fit in. Like everyone had already grown up with other friends in primary school and, I was just like, hey, I'm just happy doing my own thing. And of course, like mm -hmm. car washing wasn't like, you know, didn't scream out at me like, oh, yeah, I want to wash a car. <laughs> but it just made sense, you know. And it's only mm -hmm. because I'd actually done my dad's and then like a friend who worked behind the bar in the pub. And I was like, actually, do you know, this sounds like it could be. And he's like, I'll pay you for it. And I'm like, yeah, I like what's going on here. And then I just, the word got round. It's like, if you want your car clean, just leave it around the back of the pub. Um, they'd have the Sunday lunches or the, the guys would be in the tap side um, of the bars it was back then and uh, I'd just go away clean the car for 40 minutes inside and out for nine pounds and then soon mm. enough it was like it was all kind of adding up it was and really what did you do with that did you did you invest it in the stuff that you wanted to buy that you, your pocket money what did I do you know couldn't <laughs> where did that money go um where did that money go that's a good point um I, oh no, I, I think actually I was using the money at the time to like invest into like portfolios and have like professional headshots done. Um, oh, so right, started, great. Yeah, TV presenting and modeling. So I'd yeah. use that money really to, yeah, to put towards like photo shoots and like get top quality pictures to represent me very well. Um, and also pay for the transport to get to shoots and the other things that were going on. Yeah. Uh, but it was well invested. I mean, it wasn't just oh, like. yeah. I wasn't like out buying new things at what would be Tammy Girl back then. Um, 
Well, I don't think it matters if that was your driver. I don't think it it matters. But the fact that you leveraged it to get to that next level, you know, in your life and and help help you um, to do that. I think that's that's brilliant. I know it just reminds me when I was a kid, I used to uh, I was think I was 13. I started a a job at a nursing home and it paid 220 an hour and it and it involved cleaning out commodes and all sorts but I actually used the money that I was earning then on a weekend I think I got 20 quid on a Saturday or 20 pounds um to save towards the ski holiday um mm. so I could go skiing and I, I literally couldn't do anything with it because I had to invest it so I had the opportunity to to learn how to ski um which was an awful lot of money at that time it was about 600 pounds which is pretty much what you can pay now but we're talking 20 years ago so That's yeah so I'd yeah so it, I think it's important that we we build that um desire within ourselves to look at how can we use the money rather you know effectively mm-hmm. uh, and that driver to to allow it to like be your be to allow you to be your own boss of your life yeah really that the seed of it isn't it yeah um I mean well, yeah, I mean, if I look at what money I've spent in places of like PR and stuff, I've wasted money, but it's, it's all been a learning curve, I think. Um, mm. it's, it's obviously made some very unnecessary purchases, as we all do, especially mm. in like stages of building a business. You know, PR agencies will tell you you need this, and other agencies, HR companies will say you need that. And it's like once you start figuring it out and you actually realize I can do this on a very limited budget, you start saving money. But again, mm. like without spending a bit like you you wouldn't learn you know you wouldn't and I also think as well like the best things like the most creative like innovative concepts are born out of having very little to work with you know mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah. if you've got 10 grand to spend on a photo shoot as I didn't back then I made use of what I had like it would mm-hmm. be renting out spaces at Muse Mayfair um, and luckily I was very good friends with them down there so I'd be like oh, I'll bring this celebrity down and I'll get it out and I'll put it in the press and we'll take the pictures and sell it to the press and so it's just making use and really utilizing the tools and the network that I had for free mm-hmm. essentially yeah and what inspired you to go into the the tv space in the first place because obviously you transitioned from uh obviously finished school work worked your your side job of of uh you know washing cars and stuff and you you said you did a a lot of other odd jobs as well to to build your experience which probably didn't realize at the time but build that confidence what inspired you to transition into tv I didn't really want to do TV. Everyone's like, oh, you're so good on TV. Like, you you make a really good TV presenter. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then it just worked. For some reason, I was just getting really good jobs and really good gigs. But it was just something that I didn't really thoroughly enjoy. I was just like, I don't Mm -hmm. really like the idea of, like, people watching me all the time, directing me. Like, I want to be that person. and I just, uh, as I moved to London, I got very m- much more like introverted and I really enjoyed my own space and like being on my own in a creative bubble. So like TV presenting and, and being out with like camera crew and it, being on sets and things, it just, just not, it was really, really wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy it at all, really. Mm. And you went to the States to do it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And like, I'm very fortunate, like of the, the, the opportunities that I was given, I, you know, worked kind of, I would say quite hard to get them. Um, and, you know, dream come true for many people. But like, once I got there, I was just, I'm just not really enjoying this. It's just not, not where not for you. Yeah. 
yourself. Um, so. Did that affect you any uh, any way, or did it just inspire you? Those negative emotions, those feelings that you had, did it inspire you to make that transition? Yeah, I think it just propelled, like it, it accelerated my my I guess my thoughts and just made me think. Okay, I definitely don't want to be. This is not what I want to do long term. It's just not for mm. me. I can't I can't picture myself like this because I, I'm not naturally very like self critical person. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I can pick myself apart to pieces, but like I would end up like over scrutinizing and like looking at myself and just like just just I didn't. Yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't for me. And I was mm -hmm. like, I, the faster I can escape that, the the better I'll be, because it's mm -hmm. that's where that's the avenue I want to take. Mm -hmm. So I just you basically took that day space, took that network, and I was like, how can I use it? Okay, well, we've got journalists there, we've got a few PR people there, we've got people in the music industry. Like, let's see what we can play with. Um, and it, and it, again, it I suppose it just worked to my favour. But that's because I asked. You know, I was brave mm -hmm. enough ask and it's, there's only going to be one answer if they say no then they say no but I was willing to put myself out and say listen this is the brand that I've got do you want to be part of it I'll give you an interview for free get it sold to like the sun or whatever like and it's free press for them so why wouldn't they love it mm. everybody mm. and what was you know what what would you say your big emotional driver was because this ties into to brain health what was your big emotional driver or the core underlying emotion for you that drove you into creating critics clothing oh gosh um ambition drive ambition yeah drive. like I can't sit still as you can see I'm swinging about like, I just, like <laughs> I'm on I'm on an exercise ball so <laughs> you? oh I love it um yeah like <laughs> two birds with one stone um, but yeah, like I, I just, I love the idea of moving forward, like looking at the next step, like the mm -hmm. bigger picture as well. Uh, like I never really see what's just here. It's, it, I mean, it's obviously course to just see because sometimes you end up missing things, but I'm always mm -hmm. looking far ahead and I'm thinking what can work there? How do I envision that working out? And I think ultimately it was the ambition and the drive and like just wanting to get ahead in life. Like, Mm -hmm. if you understand what you're capable of as well I think people don't understand their own capabilities and they don't capitalize on their strengths and even their weaknesses as well mm -hmm. um, people just see them as a we oh, I can't do this and I can't do that so like, how can you turn that weakness into like a positive like some of the things like I would hate public speaking I still mm -hmm. do today like you just you couldn't pay me enough to get me on stage mm -hmm. and sometimes I can't shut up, you know, as you can see. <laughs> but like, I suppose it depends on my mood. But like, I, you know, I, I work things out. I figure things out, and yeah, it's down to just having that that get up and go, and just picking yourself up and keep on going, even when it's difficult. <clears throat> I think that's really important: is not being afraid to fall, but just being yeah. willing to pick yourself back up. And we're all good. We all make mistakes in life, don't we? I mean, oh gosh, I've made so many. But particularly going on my entrepreneurial journey myself is like you said, the investments. You can make really bad investments, but actually, is to take the lesson out of that investment that you made that didn't quite work out, and, and learn mm -hmm. for it, and leverage leverage that, and leverage the connections that you make so that you can move forward and make and make that next step. Well, from the people that have have joined your organisation for Be Be Your Own, which you obviously built up um, to to be the successful brand it is today, 
what would you say the the greatest challenges are for the the people that have that have joined as as clients of yours? What what are the sort of main struggles people tend to experience to get themselves uh, to move themselves forward? I I mean because we work with women, I've I've noticed like a common theme. Mm-hmm. Women are afraid of the ask. It's like they're so good at what they do, but then they'll like pitch their prices really super low and you think, oh my goodness, like you're worth so much more than that. Like pitch yourself higher, you know? And then you will get the right client. It's like, oh, but maybe I'm, if, I, if I'm too expensive, I won't get any clients. It's like, actually, no, if your, if your clients aren't complaining that it's too, it's too expensive, like that, no, wait, wait, there's a, I'm, I know what I'm trying to say. Like if they're complaining it's too expensive, then you keep putting the prices up because you're going to end up with the right clientele. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way yeah. that I do it because I'd rather do, um, you know, not less work, but you know, look after less clients, but we charge them more because we know what we're capable of delivering. We know mm-hmm. the quality of the work. We know like what it is that we can offer to them so why wouldn't women want to pay that little extra more than go somewhere else where they're probably one of thousands of people we have a real hands-on approach um mm-hmm. we love working with the women to to drive them forward to get that brand visibility to to know their value to know their worth mm-hmm. um, and it's making them realize that and that seems to be like a very common thread Mm. Um, well you know it's all no I do it as a a favor no I don't need it sounds great yeah I I don't need a favor like what's the prize what's what Mm. what, what you're asking for and I'm happy to pay if it's worth it I'm happy to pay and so should anybody else Mm. and what what do you think is the big driver do you think it's a cultural um problem at the moment because of that do you think it's um do I think it's cultural? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I, I think it's, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's, it's, I think it's down to like lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. Like lack of confidence in, in what they're selling or their product or their service. Because like if you know your product or your service inside out and you know like the standard that you set and you know the value and you know like how like rewarding it is to see a client that you work with like be beaming from ear to ear and raving about it like like, oh my goodness I just worked with xyz and they're amazing like and you see that and they talk about it and they yeah you know they're sharing it it's like yeah you why are you not charging more like why are you or even pitching yourself too low it's just yeah but again I think it is it's it stems to the the lack of confidence or and it was there a time in your life where you felt you personally didn't have the confidence to to make a shift could you relate back to a time when you had to find that confidence to to ask those questions I know you talked a little bit about the conversation with the investor for critics clothing was there a time where you where you realized that you really needed to take huge bold action and you didn't didn't do it enough Mm. I I, I, yeah that's an interesting one I'm just trying to think now um it's okay I mean, I, 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 there's, there's times I think where I could have been bolder, but I'm already uh-huh. quite bold in, in the person that I am because I'm, I'm not yeah. really like a shrinking violet. Yeah, no. I go into a room, I, I utilize, I capitalize, I, I look around and see who would be resourceful. Um, but there's definitely times where I've been maybe in a meeting or room or, or something and I've not been as bold as I usually would uh-huh. be. 
that's like irrespective of the fact that I'm a woman. It's not nothing to do with that because I, I have yeah. no problem pulling up a chair with a group of guys um, mm -hmm. at the table. Um, but it, it's just maybe that that particular day I might have not been feeling that great. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like I, I can't remember a specific time, um, but I'm sure that there's definitely been plenty. Mm -hmm. And what would you what would you say um, to anybody that it, it is lacking the courage to to be bold to 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 stand up and be counted? What what advice would you give to them to to do? Well, I would say you know what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? <laughs> just like just like making your mark, like putting your yeah. best forward or you know stand up and be counted you know what have you got to yeah. lose as long as you're yourself and you're your true authentic self like keep making those spontaneous decisions keep doing like unorthodox things like I love yeah. like an unorthodox approach towards like business especially like because I I like going down paths and, and and you know avenues that no one else has really explored before because it, it yeah. for me it's a challenge and I thrive on that blue ocean yeah, I, I really do. And I, I think if you're if you're lacking the confidence or you haven't got it within you, just think like you have one life. Yeah. One life. Like why would you just waste it because you're too afraid of the ask? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work in your favour, then move on. Yeah. And I think that's really important because you know, in the context of, you know, thinking about the path you're gonna take, you can yeah. you can always ask someone which is the right path to go down. But if, yeah. if you never ask the question, you'll never, you'll never know. So you could keep floundering down a path that's hugely overgrown and it's never going to get you to the summit or the peak that you want to get to, or get somebody to help you and guide you, ask the question, ask for the support, um, and get somebody to show you the way. Uh, and you can learn the way with them uh, uh, and build your network of following that people can follow behind you too, which is exactly what you've been able to create for your business as well. Yeah, yeah. You just mentioned a really um, valid point there is that people don't ask. People don't like, there's so many mentors out there. There's so many great experts out there. There's so many like platforms where people are willing to donate their time um, if they've built a great tech company or retail company or whatever it is and they've sold and they've exited. They've, some of these people are, are willing to just say, I've got an hour or I've got mm. 30 minutes happy to give a consultation but people don't ask people don't research and they say mm. I don't know well you know you should know you know go and make it your business to know um mm. and that, I think that's what separates like entrepreneurs I say entrepreneurs but people mm. who go out there and um they find a solution to every problem and mm -hmm. you know every success is relevant um and, it, mm -hmm. and I think that if you're passionate about what it is you're doing, you'll find a way to know. You'll find mm. a way to make something happen. And if you're not, yeah. then clearly you're not passionate about it. That's right. I, I totally agree. And passion is everything to, to keep yeah. you driving forward. To have, And I think, you know, in today's world, people have lost sight of that passion, haven't they? Because they've been in a they've been in a workplace environment that perhaps they've just been used to the, the grind of the work but there's no passion that sits behind it and now we are seeing more and more entrepreneurs emerging as people realize actually this is 
just as you had in your journey this isn't for me I don't want to do this anymore I want to do something that lights me up inside that gives me passion and purpose and and makes me want to be myself and show up as myself and be okay with that and not have to pretend to be somebody else Mm. uh, in order to to get paid or to or to fulfill my role in the in the firm that I'm working for So I think it's really important. So I'd love to ask you this question on your entrepreneurial journey that you've been on. What was yeah. the hardest or the darkest time that you had in that journey? What was your biggest low that you experienced? Oh, my biggest low. Mm. Sorry, you know, it's at the thinking stage. Um, no, uh, it's thinking yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Call with pauses. It's important. <laughs> Go back through the files. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd probably say like even mo- like moving to London at such a young age. Oh had it in me that I, I wanted to go see the bright lights of London. I didn't want to go back until I was hugely successful. Um, my dad and my grandma and granddad would be super proud of me. And I think I always had it in my mind, like, like that success equals like X amount of money or driving this car or having these things. And in actual fact, it doesn't mean anything because like your parents, your real friends or like, yeah, like your family and your friends are always going to love you unconditionally. So they're, they're always going to be proud of you. Um, but I had it in my mind as like a mental block. Maybe that's more of a personal thing than a professional mm-hmm. um, dark period. But I was just like, absolutely not. So, it, you know, I wouldn't go, I didn't go home for about seven years when I moved to London. Wow. I wouldn't phone, I wouldn't talk. It's just, and then some things happened where like I was, you know, pretty broken. Um, you know, my business didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. I wanted to mm-hmm. take it angle and yeah, I went back home and it really taught me a lot it really opened my eyes that actually some of the greatest people you can have around you are your your real friends and your family because you know they're always going to support you well at least mm. they should and they're always going to comfort yeah. you and you know they, they're, they're going to help you see a different perspective like you can't always mm. go it alone um, yeah do you know that's really struck a chord with me because when I started my business I started I was I started in London I I finished university want to start my own business and I was living in a single flat in London working didn't really have a clue what I was doing and it just didn't really work out and I ended up having to go home and live with my parents and actually my my dad um helped me get a job uh in the place that he was working and I ended up becoming his boss, uh-huh. uh, and we would we would we would go to we would go to uh, to work together. Um, and 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 I used to go on the train with him when I was a kid to go to school together. So it was a really kind of poignant time to be yeah. back with my dad, but actually be working uh, and him working for me um, rather than rather than the other way round. And and he and he loved it. And I think it's important to recognise that a lot of entrepreneurs have to start back at their parents' place to, to get going um, because it's such a difficult journey um, being an entrepreneur um, to make things work out. And it's that's okay, as long as it's okay with your family, of course. But, you know, the driver is to, 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 to ha- having that support framework with, within the home is so important um to help you you have that space in your mind to to do what's necessary and uh and move yourself forward so 
thank you really for sharing that. I think it's important to recognise that we all have to start somewhere, don't we? Yeah, and there's no shame in it. Like there's no. so many businesses like that are bedroom brands and like people tapping away on a computer and like coding things and you know th these are like super intelligent people that come up with like crazy cool concepts like in their grandma's garage or, yeah. or something. you should have well i think apple was started in a garage wasn't it uh, the apple brand started in the garage and and yeah. um uh, other brands as you say they're just so many cuts start from the home don't they so and have pride in it be like yes I grew that from there, you know. <laughs> so how did you grow it from there? How did you get yourself out of that deep low? What were what were the sort of key uh, steps that you had to take to pull yourself out of that dark dark stage in your life? Oh, I think it was. I was really just like, do I do this? Do I do that? What do I do? And it was. I was really suffering. Actually, I was mm -hmm. really just really just completely closed off pretty much a recluse um you know had really bad anxiety for a while and I was just like it's just ridiculous like I yeah I, I need to go back home actually you know mm -hmm. I need to go back home and again like just being around my dad and speaking on the phone to my grandparents and seeing my old friends from back home that they don't want anything from me which is always really super nice because these yeah. are people to high school with um and primary school with so it's like they they probably don't even understand like what i was even doing because they're just normal people sorry my stomach's not really because i'm drunk so no that's okay <laughs> uh, but, um but yeah like they're just normal people and it's just nice to have conversations that are not like too taxing on the brain because like then you can clear out the fog you know yeah and you kind of get towards a brighter light and i think it's just just accepting who you are and, and understanding that you're exactly where you are supposed to be at that time. And, mm. and people will say, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not here yet. And I haven't done this yet. And the universe has put <clears throat> me in place at that time for a reason, you know, and everything in due course. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, for me, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was really important for me at the time to, to be in that place because it uh, helped me build my confidence back up that i was capable and able and and like you say having that headspace because it's very difficult when you are um isolated um in london to to get away from those thought those negative thoughts or or the emotional overwhelm that you can experience i certainly was experiencing um uh, and using um for me personally when i when i was in london i was drinking a lot of uh wine in the evening and i started noticing too many bottles <laughs> building up on the in the in the flat thinking oh my goodness this isn't a good sign i think one time i even fell asleep in the bath which was ridiculous oh, and, and, and realized <laughs> which yeah so realizing that i needed to to make that shift to get that headspace and like you say connecting with people that can support you at home with that that social infrastructure to yeah. allow you to decompress um it is really important that social network and it's you know now we're fortunate aren't we with the online your community that you have within your business is that social network that you've just described that you felt was necessary um mm -hmm. 
at the time that you you started your journey you've you've created that community within your business and i think that's so so vital for people to have that support network for them to, mm. to help them know that they're not alone um mm. and that people just accept them for who they are um and like you say they're all on that they're supposed to be on that journey at, at at that time yeah how did you get over your um anxiety that you you said you had what was the big shift for you was it the environmental change that helped you reset or was it something else that's it yeah actually i i would say the the the, the environmental change like just going out and being somewhere completely different mm -hmm. people who truly love me and value me um that plays a massive key role in your mindset and how you wake up even in the morning you know if you mm -hmm. have a good morning kiss from your partner or you you know you have a text from your you know, nearest and dearest family member or something, it can just change your day massively. Mm -hmm. um, I think by taking myself out of, like, I would always say like London for me is a, is a place where you kind of get in, hustle, make money, then leave. It's not somewhere that I would ever really call home. Um, mm -hmm. Northern, a Northern girl and um, <laughs> my family are back north and like, yeah. like Northern mentality in people as well. Like the way that people are so, yeah, they stand and have a conversation. They remember how you mm -hmm. like coffee in the morning when you go to your local coffee shop. And in London, you don't get that. So you pretty much no, you don't. isolated. I'd be going out for meetings and coming back. And then I'd be, you know, in a, in a flat on my own. It's just great. One bedroom flat in, in Kensington High Street. But like, they're not really doing much. I'm just sat every night designing or bringing my design team over. So it would be sat there working. It was just a workspace and a place to rest my head. And that, that was literally it. Mm. So and at that age, it's like I was so focused on work and so career. Yeah, like my mind was just just on driving my career forward that I, I didn't have any time to like socialize. And I think that's mm -hmm. probably what made it worse because I just really started isolating myself and just mm -hmm. absorbing myself. So you had your sole focus on your on yeah. your business and the financial, you know, make success, set success, success. Mm -hmm. And there was no success in any other area of your life, socially or from a relationship. Yeah, yeah, personally. Kind of, I didn't say I like, like went for a burnout or anything, but I was, you know, I was, it wasn't great. Because it was just, I yeah. just completely overwhelmed all the time. I always had to yeah. think I this and I've got that and never really took a moment to just sit and chill so like changing my environment and going being around people that I truly love and truly love me just just change my mindset it's just like mm. second. you know you can't keep running in a direction just for the sake of running like let's just think about this mm. and I think that's really important you know in the context of <clears throat> the entrepreneurial spaces you can get so focused can't you on that drive to succeed that things like your your uh, contact with your family or um, the uh, how your health and wellness, your personal health and wellness, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, um, and physically can fall fall over very quickly if we don't create that kind of balanced space for ourselves to give ourselves permission. I like to say to my clients, give yourself permission to breathe. Yeah. To make sure that you do have that time out. Sorry, sorry to get you off. No, I just say to make sure you've got the time out. 
yeah like you need the solid foundations because they're what gonna they're, that's what's going to keep you grounded so like is when you've got them cemented and you solidified everything like that's ultimately like the base isn't it that's where you go back to that's what you call mm. home that's where you feel safe so it's, it's knowing what makes you feel safe mm-hmm. so. and do, do you you know because obviously this is all about brain health do you feel you get anxious anymore or do you feel you've managed to uh temper that based on your changing environment or you know do you have t- tools and techniques as an entrepreneur um and successful businesswoman to to manage those anxiety levels what's your what's your go-to t- to to manage them well, i try to do a lot of activities as well. i say a mm-hmm. lot of activities I, I try to like i like to go out i love to see nature i love walking oh, yeah. hiking and mountaineering and if i can get out and just I love being out in the in the fresh air and like even just taking time to just visualize. And some people obviously meditate, people do yoga. Um, I'm a fan of yoga. Um, I haven't had much time recently to get that done, but I just like the idea of just taking a few minutes and like visualizing, okay, where do I see that going? What's when things get a bit chaotic or too stressful, I think, okay, what's the pros and cons? Like, let's think about this in logical, pragmatical way. Um mm-hmm before you know before rushing in and then five minutes ten minutes might turn into half an hour I might take a lie down on the sofa and just close my eyes and just think about it but and just allow myself that time to just think of think of nothing but mm. maybe that or maybe just nothingness in general and mm. it's okay to do that you know mm. it's okay to just do nothing you know do you know I love I love using the sofa. And it's so quick and simple just yeah. to lie down and zone yourself out. And people think this is, you know, may think we're talking woo woo, but it's not It's you know, it's really good uh, to, to zone yourself and gra- I find it grounding. Like it kind of seeps the negative energy out of me and allows me to reset myself. And I'm also absolutely with you on nature as getting outside and, go for a walk around the block or something if if you need to just to take your mind away from the stresses that you're experiencing and, and to seek get that clarity yeah. uh, that you need by by shifting to a to a different environment especially nature is really good for for, for the mind and, and and for your soul so yeah, yeah. and also so, like so what music as well sorry i just have to get that oh in. yeah no music I just love to listen to music from you know the time that I wake up in the morning I'm always sticking something on and it it changes throughout the rest of the day but it's just dependent on my mood but I I just love sound like I love listening I love even podcasts like listening to people talk about things Mm -hmm. that are so interesting or not particularly common knowledge to everybody else Mm. I like thought-provoking and I like that that takes my mind off whatever if I'm feeling overwhelmed or, you know, if I don't need to overly think about something. Yeah. That's what I love to do. I often put on a bit of Ed Sheeran if I, if I need a bit of a motivational boost or George Ezra to get, to get me going. It's like I have a sort of positivity playlist, which is mm-hmm. really good. And, uh, and if necessary, I'll just go and be a bit of a loon and jump around, the, jump around for a few minutes and, and, and sing my heart out to some good pop songs. Uh, and it re- reset me and, uh, and lift my spirits and re- <laughs> refocus me. So, yeah, I, I'm complete. And the music has been proven, you know, scientifically to really help lots of different regions of the brain, depending on what types of 
music you listen to. So I can completely relate to that. What What's next for you in your business? What's... Uh... Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we're just constantly scaling. We're constantly growing. We're you know, looking at making new hires and taking new people on and just evolving what we already have and like working on what we've got and, and whatever's like not working as well, like just not like dedicating too much time to it and effort. Uh -huh. um, just really focusing on bringing out the best, you know, there's no point keep taking on projects and new things all the time. Like if something's yeah. working really well, like you have to find a way to make it work really super well. Um, yeah. and so that's, what that's exactly what I'm working on right now. Yeah. Just taking ourselves that to the next step further. <laughs> yeah, do, you, do, you, um, do, <laughs> do you have a do you have a that's entrepreneurship? It, yeah, it does. You know, it's not always it's not always on the app. <laughs> no, no, no. It can go over depending on on how the climate is and how everything's going marketing wise as well, can't it? So, um, what one piece of advice? would you give to somebody who's who's wants to start their entrepreneurial journey um but they're really nervous anxious um about doing it um and they struggle with the with the confidence to to, to know that they are enough and, and to you know they're not familiar with being themselves and being their own person what mm. what piece of advice would you give somebody i would say first of all like just stop putting yourself in that bracket and calling yourself an entrepreneur for, for a start because then it's just like it relieves all the pressure and the stress doesn't it and all the negative <laughs> connotations that are attached yeah that's true like don't, don't label yourself no don't just be the person that you are like go about and research look into what it is that you're really passionate about understand the market understand if there's a potential for it to scale to grow and to even to yeah, no one really I mean I didn't set out to think oh I would do this or I would sell the brand or I would do this like you just you, you kind of just go with it and I think if you do have that unorthodox approach um just see how you go with it um I think that things will work out a lot better for you um don't over strategize don't overthink just be passionate mm -hmm. remain confident in who you are and what either product you're selling or service that you're providing to someone like be confident in it um and know your stuff go to mm. seminars go to workshops go to presentations there's so many online that you can get for free and just like honing on your knowledge get get really familiar because the more that you know the more confident you're going to be you know when mm. someone asks a question about the, the, the industry market or about this or particular competitors if you know your stuff you're going to be more confident um and that's going to yeah ultimately shine through i think i feel like i'm like just rabbiting on a bit now but it's no stuff, you know, it's, no i think it's really important because you you know building confidence takes time doesn't it and it it's not just a one hit thing you mm -hmm. have to work at it and, and that's the same um with business as you you can't expect to suddenly flick the switch and suddenly you're you're mr or mrs confident you you have to build that up i know for me personally i was terrified of going on the on the tv screen and, and doing what what we're doing now but um i forced myself to do it by practicing every day and to be confident listening to myself and 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 showing up on camera and 
and and it's the same with everything isn't it is that we really need to we need to work at it at all different levels um, yeah. to, to build it up it doesn't just happen overnight um, and get the support as you say there's so much support out there available to people is mm -hmm. is not as you started with the conversation is is not uh, be afraid to ask ask for help Hmm. And I think that as well, the more you challenge yourself, the more it is good for the brain. You know, nobody wants to stay comfortable. What's the point in no. that? Living, that's just existing. So pushing yourself yeah. out, I think, can do wonders for you as a person yeah. to help you grow both personally and professionally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Don't want to just be existing and um, it is to get into that growth zone and, and really push yourself to get to, to that next level. Samana, mm -hmm. it's been amazing chatting to you and hearing your phenomenal story from um, where you started in, you know, as cleaning cars to where you to where you are today. What how can people get hold of you? What, what um, Well, I make it so they can't, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, you can find me on social media, um, Samana Duran, which is all down here, um, and um, Be Your Own UK. It's on Facebook, it's on Twitter. You can tweet me if it's interesting. You know, if it's interesting, you can tweet me. Um, um, yeah, I suppose you can also reach out to my PR team. Got Emma at Be Your Own at Be Your Own .org. Uh, There's lots of things you could just go online and I suppose Google me, Google the brand. <laughs> sure you if you're that. Is everywhere. Just, just be your own. Yeah. Or, you this is what I'm talking about earlier. If you want it to happen, you'll find a way and you will get in touch with me if, if that's what you want to do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> connect, connect, connect. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me on my show, Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on here and I'm just looking forward to seeing how you'll continue to grow your business and uh, and achieve those goals you set for yourself. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Great way to wake up. So thank you. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.